Welcome back to Wild Game Dynasties podcast, episode number four, February 3rd, 2019. We're sitting down with a, well, fellow that I think a lot of you out there know. Uh, uh, even if you haven't uh, met him, although I think uh, several of you have, you probably feel like uh, you know him on a first name basis. He's a fellow Michigander, but well known throughout the entire state and beyond. Um, we're, we're sitting down with Mike Avery. We'd like to uh, welcome Mike to our studio, but I don't want to call this my studio, although it is today. But uh, uh, Mike picked the spot that we could meet at because uh, it's such a nice day. We uh, we picked the uh, pavilion at uh, Trinity Monitor Lutheran Church outside of Bay City. Of course, that's the uh, setting. Uh, it was for a uh, wild game dinner in its infancy, and that had to be moved to uh, a larger venue, and that's coming up too uh, later this uh, uh, this this early uh, spring, I should say, uh, late winter here. Um, and if you haven't uh, got your tickets, you might be uh, you might be out of luck. But anyways, without further ado, yeah, the mic's on. Yeah. Um, Mike, I appreciate you uh, giving me time today. Always a pleasure. It's 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 not as much fun as bear camp, but it's still pretty fun. Well, hey, it works out. Yeah, we're in a nice environment here. We are in Mid Michigan on a beautiful day. Hey, we're under the uh, canopy of a, a pavilion, uh, but uh, boy, it's sunshiny out, and it's uh, there's a slight breeze, and it's probably supposed to be in the mid 60s. So, uh, you know, it's one of those days that uh, everybody longs for when it comes fall. Oh, it's yeah. beautiful. I mean, look at this day. That, I'll take this over a hot, muggy summer day anytime. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Not longer. I remember doing that, on a, <laughs> yeah. doing the hot, summer, muggy days with bear bait uh, and carrying it in buckets, uh, one in each hand, waiting for guys like Mike Avery to come up and... Uh, and pass it. up bears. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? That's what we do. No, we, and you passed along, you showed us that video, and that's a, uh, and that is, that is a, uh, that's exceptional. Yeah, my son, who kind of in this business, he looked at that video, wow, Dad, that's a really good quality video. I said, did you notice the bear? Are you noticing the quality? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I have, a, I have some questions I jotted down, but I kind of want it, want this to be more of a, uh, you know, just a, I say a fireside chat, but more of just like it is, you know, I don't want it to be a canned thing. Sure. I don't like that. So, and, but I, I can't compete with the uh, Mike Avery Outdoor Radio uh, program, so I'm not trying to do that, so. But, you know, you have that staff of, what do you say, 25 or 30 people? <laughs> yeah, my staff of one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do have people who help me. You know, I got, Jim Gleason helps me on the website. I got a couple guys in the studio who help me produce the show. But it's basically a one-man operation. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And that's what makes it neat is, uh, you know, guys and gals in this great state of Michigan and outside the, you know, the, the borders of Michigan that listen uh, feel great about the fact that they could send you a, uh, a message and you're you're on it. You're responding to it, and you know that um, that gives them that feel, and it does. It, it offers that opportunity to uh, share it with you, and you share back with them. And you know they want to know if the fish are biting on the Saginaw Bay. There's a place to go and find out right now. Well, I you know I try to uh, be in touch with as many people as I can. Yeah. But sometimes it's just absolutely overwhelming. <laughs> um, you know I. Uh, social media nowadays, I never thought I would be into social media, but you've got to go where the people are. And one of my goals is to reach 
as large an audience as I can yes. with, the, with the goal of promoting the history and tradition of the outdoor lifestyle. So if, if people are on social media, then I needed to go there. Yeah. And it's proven to be uh, a very uh, strong, popular tool, but it is a lot of work. If you do it right, it's a lot of work. It is, yeah, absolutely. It's like a growing pain yeah. in, in the business community or in life. Uh, a new tool and it's hard to embrace, but uh, once we learn how to uh, you know, read all the instructions on how to put that thing together, yeah. sometimes it could be a, a, a great thing. You know, I, I say it's a lot of work too, but I'm not complaining. I'm sitting at a computer or on my phone answering people. It's not like I'm out putting roofs on or digging ditches, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's pretty easy, pretty easy work. That's right. Well, that, that kind of leads into my next uh, thing as far as, um, you know, this is a role reversal for me and for you too. And we talked about that even off camera when I was setting things up here. But uh, I'd like you to reflect back on the business, the, your career. You've been in the media business, but uh, as we know, and a lot of folks, at least the younger folks even, I mean, I'm, I'm in my earlier to mid-50s, but... I remember you working for a, a, a TV yeah. program, yeah. a local, uh, you know, yeah. News 5, as we still call it. Yeah, I was skinny then and had no gray hair. <laughs> yeah. That's how long ago that was. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, um, I don't know how far you want to go back. I mean, in school, I was doing much like your son is. I took uh, television production and electronics and... And, uh, and I love that. I love telling stories through media. And I'm a, I'm a techie guy. I'm a geek. I love the technology. I love all the tools and gadgets. So the process of telling a story with video is something that I've always loved to do. Um, but I'm glad to be out of having to do that now for a living. Uh, it, was, it was a real, I'll be honest with you, it was a real drag to have to document everything on videotape and then produce a weekly television show about that because it put a lot of pressure on you. Number one, to put down an animal, yes, and sometimes an animal that you just assume would have passed, like the bear I passed with you. If I would have still had a TV show, I would have shot that animal, that bear, right away, yeah. because the pressure's there to put an animal on the ground. So now I do it more uh, video end of it to um, to add to the social media part of things. I still document things and put them online and such, put them on YouTube. But I don't have to. Uh, I can go out and enjoy the experience more than I did when I was on television. Um, Television, I'll tell you what, outdoor television is a very, very tough job these days. When I first started, I was one of the first shows on the Outdoor Channel. And at that time, you could be on the Outdoor Channel free. Didn't cost you a dime. That's amazing. Today. It is based on what you're paying today, yeah. So things have really changed. Yes, they have. Absolutely. So the pressure wasn't as immense as it is today, not just to produce, but to have a cash flow. Oh. And, and how to create that cash flow. I mean, I've heard, you know, many people in this industry, and maybe even on your show, uh, person, I think it was Tim Roller you mentioned, how do you become a millionaire in this business? Yeah. Start out as a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, and that's true. You know, my wife even questions a little bit of what I'm doing sometimes, and uh, I just smile and usually, uh, you know, grin and bear it type thing, and, and she forgets. No, she don't, but uh, I'm very gracious to have a, have a gal that uh, gives me a lot of... Uh, opportunities to do this and, and my family's you know probably similar to yours yeah um they have to be very understanding and uh and i think they have or we still wouldn't be sitting here my, my wife denise it. has been my biggest uh, supporter over the years i mean it's it's i've had some degree of success i haven't been as successful as a lot of people um uh, but it takes a partner a wife or a husband depending on the situation who really will will back you and get behind the vision and 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 let you go out and do these things. You know, anybody who gets it, 
a lot of people want to be in the outdoors as a business. I don't care if it's a, you, you want to be a charter captain because you love to fish or a fishing guide or a hunting guide because you love to fish and hunt. But as you well know, if you're going to have any success, long-term success, you have to approach it as a business. And that's what people tend to forget. Sure, it's a great business. It's a fun business. It's a business that we love being in. But first and foremost, you've got to remember, it is a business. It's got to eventually turn a profit and consistently turn a profit if you're going to do it for a while. And I've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, long-term, short-term, it'll, it'll wear on you. Long-term, it'll break you. You'll break the bank and break you, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, your spirit. Mm -hmm. um, unless you, uh, like you said, you have to enjoy it, but it, it is when it boils down to as a business. And if you're not enjoying it, uh, your clients, your customers, your listeners, your viewers yeah. will see through that so quickly. Uh, even if it's something we enjoy, if we're... If it's something we're not having fun with, they see through that. It seems to me they. Oh, I think so too. And you have and, and and you have to adapt. Like in my case, when I gave up television about five years ago, I thought, boy, this is you know, I identified myself. I thought of myself as the outdoor TV guy. I remember uh, it was you were. Yeah, it was. A and and radio, with a radio was just success. a backup. Yeah. And when it became very very clear that uh, television was not the place to be anymore. Now, my wife had been nudging me for a couple of years. She said, you got to start thinking about something else. You got to start thinking wow. about something else. And I kind of kicking and screaming and I asked God for help. And, yeah. and he answered and said, you need to be out of television and look at radio. And it was one of the best professional moves we've ever made. Oh, nice. But it wasn't easy at the time. No. And he probably said, hey, are you listening to your wife? <laughs> I think he said, are you listening to me? I'm going to make sure you listen because I'm going to drive the message home. Yeah. You know, it might not be pleasant. You wait <laughs> yeah. much longer. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I looked at some notes that I took, too, and, uh, you know, about walking through your career, and you did that. And, and a lot of us guys and gals that remember, you know, your TV program, I remember it came on like at 1130, right after the news. And I wow. remember working second shift, and I would get home and watch the news. But, you know, I was really waiting for the sports to come on, then maybe checking out the weather. So, uh, you know, of course, it was News 5, and I knew that your program was on. I think it was on, like, Sundays or something Sunday, like yeah. that. And I thought, you know, hey, um, you know, go to the fridge, get a get a cold beverage, and uh, probably a sleeve of cookies. If you look at me, you'll understand <laughs> that. But I was sitting down to enjoy that program, yeah. and I did. And then uh, when you jumped over to the radio side of things, uh, I think a lot of us were looking forward to that only because we knew that, if you, that's what you were wanting to do, we knew that we were still going to get a quality program out of this. And uh, and uh, and we have. I mean, we really appreciate that. So You know, it's uh, interesting you say that it was on at 1130. Years ago when TV5, there was one time, when I, there was a time at TV5 when I was on Sunday evening at 630 after, no, just before 60 Minutes. Wow, that's a prime spot. And, and we had like a 35 or a 40 share, which means 40% of the people watching television at that time were watching my show. Wow. You can't, you, can't, you can't get those kind of numbers with television anymore. That's, that's one of the reasons things have changed. Yeah. When the local station, TV5 in that case, changed management and they didn't have quite the, uh, uh, the history with me that the old management did and they put it Sunday night at 6.30, that was the beginning of the end. I mean, yeah. the show was on nationally. It was on stations across the state. But when you get one of your uh, stronger stations, bury it basically in a time spot like that, then you start to see the handwritings on the wall. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, when you fast forward to today, I mean, I've got three children and three out of three, well, two out of three are married and live outside the home. Of course, my son is a college student uh, here locally, and, and but he's getting ready to move on to... Uh, to uh, you know the uh, Ferris College, Ferris State University, 
My alma mater. Your alma Go mater. Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. I'll let him know that. <laughs> Too bad he isn't here. That'd be a distraction for you guys. So I would never get this thing worked out. But uh, none of them watch television for the most part. They're watching Netflix or, you know, not to give them, uh, you know, the, the kudos today. But uh, there's other forms of media, and uh, they're watching what they want to watch. And uh, they're not sitting down for a for an evening three-hour program yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I look at this thing, though, to take this a step further. Is um, I think what what we appreciate as listeners of the Mike Avery Outdoor Magazine, the radio program, is that what you do offer. I mean, all of us listen to that. And some of us will listen to it for an hour, and maybe then we're on to our next destination, or we're um, you know out in the yard and got the radio going on the back deck, or whatever it might be, uh, or on the podcast. But I think what is most important to me, and I think a lot of listeners, because I've heard them say that, whether it be in bear camp or just some buddies of mine, that you're not just a producer of the show, um, and you don't have just stuff about you, but at the same time, they know that you hunt fish. They know that you had the radio program, not as necessarily just a business, but it's a passion. You, you are a hunter and a fisherman first, and you've decided long ago that this is something that you wanted to uh, integrate into a into a career path, and you have. And so, when when you're interviewing uh, someone on your show about fishing or about hunting or about whatever topic it is, uh, they know that you know you've already uh, I should say screened that person, but you know uh, you're not going to uh, be buffaloed, we'll say, or whatever the term might be. That you know you see it for, through the eyes that we see it too. And I think people, uh, that resonates very strong with them, with your listeners. And I think that's what's really nice. I appreciate you saying that. One thing I've always said is uh, I'm not an expert in anything. I'm not an expert hunter. I'm not an expert angler. Far from it. Uh, I'm a passionate participant. I love the outdoors. Um, exposing, pe you know, exposing people to the concept of this outdoor lifestyle. Um, and a lot of the guests I have on my show, since I'm not an expert, but I've been around a long time, I know who the experts are. And yes. I can pick up my phone and boom, there they are. And that's yes. been very nice. Yeah, it is. And for the average listener, whoever that is, him or her, or even even our kids who enjoy listening. I have buddies that their teenage kids listen to your program a lot. Mm. And that's encouraging to hear. But uh, they know that about this, too, about your radio program that... Um, you know they're going to get quality. It isn't just a, a fill. It's not not that at all. So, um, well, we're putting together this program. I mentioned to you off camera. It's what it is. Everybody's got a job they got to get done. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John Deere. Uh, see if this. I want to buy an ad. But uh, um, no, the one thing that one thing we're doing here at Wild Game Dynasty is we're putting together a, uh, 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 I got a project, and it kind of spawned in my mind, which is kind of scary, but I want to put together something that talks about the future of our hunting heritage, and it, it includes fishing, and it includes enjoying the outdoors, but if we focus just on hunting, which is I want to, you know, refine that topic a little bit, so we're going to talk about hunting. I'm asking you, I mean, you, uh, you, you hear other people, you see other people, you're exposed to a lot of folks out in the field uh, who do just that 
Um, so I'll just get a little worried because it wasn't what it was. But yeah. if you if you take it, you know, the old Addie, sometimes people say, if you want to know where we're going, just look where we've been. I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm asking you. You say on this. What's your take? That's a question I ask myself all the time. It's, it's, a, it's a question and a topic that's on my mind a lot. I look at my own family and I look at like... Uh, my granddad, who was a farmer, and he was so in tune with the outdoor world, the outdoor lifestyle. And he, he just, he, I mean, he'd get out, he'd walk out on the porch in the morning, look at the sky, smell the breeze, feel the direction, the humidity, and he knew what the weather was going to be like. Two generations later, I get up in the morning, I pull up my phone, and say, "What's the weather going to be like?" Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's an indication of how we generationally are getting away from our roots and getting away from the outdoors, not just not just hunting and fishing, but but gardening and, and you know, uh, sorry about the noise. Well, that's the way it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, canning our own vegetables and everything. I mean, we're getting away from that. I, uh, I, I wonder a lot what the future of hunting and fishing looks like in Michigan, because right now we have more people who don't hunt than who do hunt. Yeah. And that's very scary. Yeah. So I think what we have to do is the, the people who don't hunt, we want to make sure that they are aware that what we are doing is indeed honorable, biologically necessary, legal, and fun. So when it comes time to go to the polls, that they will vote with us instead of against us. Look at the wolf hunt, look at the dove issue. Yes. We're outnumbered. So we have to uh, do what we can to, I don't think we can ever put the odds back in our favor, but I think we have to do everything we can to try to keep the odds as level as possible. Yes, I agree. Another project we got going at Wild Game Dynasty is I, I kind of canned it, the biography of a bear bait. But you know that title, I'm not sure will resonate with people or be catchy enough. But it's kind of a uh, kind of an awkward uh, description. That really, I want to walk somebody through a, a what it not what it takes to uh, bag a bear, but what's involved. And it's not to put somebody on my you know on my heels and watch what I do. But I want to end it actually with a guy or a gal. Uh, you know, growing some brats and uh, looking at his mouth and and saying and saying a, a, a thank you prayer or or appreciating what 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 he's got in front of him, what she's got in front of him, her and um, and to take us through that. And I don't think a lot of uh, people that are you know that don't hunt understand that it's not about killing. If it was, you'd have that bear. In the first 30 minutes of your hunt but yet at the same time you have a beautiful video that's nothing less than a trophy so i mean that was an experience that a lot of people don't get as well remember what i told you when i came back that first night i said i wasn't ready to be done yet yeah i waited seven or eight years for this hunt to go with you so excited about it now if it would have been a 400 pound bear i would have shot him and been pretty happy with that too sure but but he was a beautiful bear and he was a trophy in many people's eyes but he wasn't what i was looking for at this point and I, and I knew that if I would have taken that bear, I would have been happy. I would have been proud. I would have had some wonderful bear brats. But I would have felt like I wasn't getting the entire UP bear hunting experience. Yes. And the older I get, the less it's about the kill. Right. <clears throat> when I was young, I wanted to prove, number one, that I could take a buck and catch some fish. Yeah. And then I wanted to take as many fish as I could and, catch, and shoot the biggest buck I could. Yeah. <clears throat> and now I really don't care. No. I, it's just a bonus. Right. It, it, it is about the... When I was young, the old guy t guys told me that, and I thought, ah, uh, you're crazy. Well, now I'm one of the old guys, and I realize <laughs> that it is. It's it's the experience. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what it is. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And if we can uh, resonate that to uh, 
to the uh, generations that are looking at what we're doing but may not understand it. Maybe they're the non-hunters. Maybe they're the person that enjoys the outdoors, uh, such as hiking or biking. But they, I would really like those folks to understand that you know we're not. It's not us versus them. You know, we're all in this together. Yeah. yeah. And I think your show show offers that. I really do. And, and there is a big distinction too between those of us on one end of the spectrum who love to hunt and fish and shoot and trap, and then the antis on the other end. Yes. There is there as fervent in their beliefs as we are in ours they will never change our beliefs we will never change theirs but that big group of non-participants in the middle who really don't have any thought one way or another what we do those are the ones that we have to really uh reach out and get to absolutely and not to put politics involved but if you question a lot of those folks they're from all sides of that spectrum they're they're left they're right they're center um but you know they have a passion for the outdoors and uh and it is what they're doing. It might be hiking or biking, but you know, again, yeah. we need to um, we need to uh, keep keep point on our message that it that what we're doing is uh, it, it is a uh, a long tradition that's uh, stood the test of time, as we say, and um, you know we feel passionate about what we do, just like they do what they do. So sure. Where do you see this? Uh, you know, to just piggyback off this, where do you see hunting? It may be fishing, but more so hunting because it, it, you know, it's what we're talking about today. In the next five years, ten years, or even beyond that, I mean, it's hard to see that with a crystal ball not available. But if you were to, you know, your feel on that. Oh, now is a time I wish I was on the other side of this interview. Because <laughs> I would like to ask that question, because that's a great question, and I'm not sure how to answer it. I tell you this, I think... Uh, well, it's an opinion. And it I is, think, and it's, you know, it's, you know, I don't know that we know, so therefore, even if we feel we do know, it's still an opinion, and therefore... I just think I have opinion. questions. I don't even know... I, I, I get, let's talk about deer hunting for a minute, or, or bear hunting. Um, big game hunting in Michigan. I think uh, you know, small game hunting is safe. Small game hunting will continue to be the way that a lot of people break into this world of hunting. I think um, uh, bird hunting, uh, you know, nobody, very few people want to do anything, uh, question bird hunting. They think, oh, you know, bird hunting is fine. Bear hunting and deer hunting. Bear hunting, I think, will be the biggest target because that's the smallest group. I think they're the most, um, I think they're the easiest target for the antis. I think the dog hunters will be the first ones to really, you know, to feel the wrath, uh, wrath of the other side. When it comes to deer hunting, though, I wonder this. I'll be real honest with you. Mm -hmm. I don't like where deer hunting has gone today uh, to the point where I really lost my passion for deer hunting. And I want to get it back. And I, this is an internal struggle I have all the time. I don't like the fact that I feel like and I'll steal a line from the guys over at Michigan Buck Pole that we're putting deer ahead of people these days. Yeah. I think the uh, the antler point restrictions, the quality deer management, the trophy hunters, and I'm all for that. I, personally, I have no desire to shoot a year and a half old buck or even a two and a half year old buck. But if somebody else wants to shoot a year and a half old buck and it's legal, God bless them. They got a license. They're gonna they're gonna put it in the freezer. I don't like the infighting. I don't like. I don't like what uh, <clears throat> television hunting shows have done to deer hunting these days. They've created unrealistic expectations in the minds of many Michigan hunters. So I, I feel like there is a divide in the deer hunting community here right now. The old, if it's brown, it's down mentality versus trophy deer management. Um, 
and in some circles, it's pretty uh, it's pretty uh, vocal, and there, uh, there's a lot of meanness. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think we need to get that under, under control. We need to get our own house in order before we have people come in from the outside. So what's it going to look like? <clears throat> I think in talking with the managers across the state, I think their perception is that we will continue to go towards antler point restrictions across the state, the areas where those are in place. Most people seem to like them. Uh, they seem to have worked in those areas, so I think the biologists are going to go that direction. Uh, I'd like to see the DNR open up more bear permits. I mean, they say we don't have many bears, but man, looking down here in the central part of the state, I know of within about 10 miles of where we are now, probably six bears that I know of. Absolutely. Yeah. So just to report uh, three days ago, um, Salzburg and Hotchkiss on that's, a trail camera. That's well, that's one of them I'm talking about. He's it's yeah. just a few miles from my house. So he's yes. on a trail camera. Yes. He's on Dow Corning property. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's safe. He wanders <laughs> once in a while, but uh, hey, depends where the food's at. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, he's definitely protected there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, and, and one thing too is to revert back a little bit about uh, you know where this industry is heading. We're being watched by those that like to, would like to see our hunting heritage gone, and it's like watching uh, a couple of uh, animals fight it out for something. You know that, and we're just you just sit back and you kind of sure. enjoy it. Sure. And that's kind of what they're doing is watching the, the infighting among our passion. And I agree with you 100%. If we can uh, agree to disagree on certain things. It's good to have uh, woven fabric and have positives in, of one person included in positives of the next. We don't have to agree on everything, but agree that we also uh, leave some certain, certain things behind and not fight or argue or dispute about things that really aren't, uh, aren't part of what yeah. we should be tackling, yeah. those things. So, um, Based on that then, in, in our hunting community, particularly in Michigan, have, what have you seen, if anything, what have we lost by whatever? I mean, we talked about that dove hunt that uh, came and gone. That's one thing, obviously, and we've talked about that quite a bit, especially on your program. But what have you? What do you see in this, uh, in the hunting environment, the hunting industry? What have we lost and what have we gained? You want to talk about species? You want to talk about what? What do you? Where do you want to go with this, Gary? Um, yeah, species would be one thing, or in general, uh, more of a, a rhetorical thing as far as, uh, but real. Um, you know, we've lost hunters. We lost a certain sure. percentage. We lost sure. a. We lost a. Uh, uh, I don't know if we lost a generation, but we lost a segment of a generation. Sure. So those would be some things that cue into me. But I mean, are, are we? Uh, have we lost more than that? And if we lost it, is it worth? Is something that we've lost? Is it something we we? Uh, is not particular to Michigan. It's just it's just what's happening out there. I think it's happening nationwide. But my frame of reference is Michigan. My passion is Michigan. I grew up here. Spent my entire career here. The whole outdoor magazine franchise is based around Michigan. So this is what I care deeply about. Again, I'll go back to uh, my own family. Um, even those of us who still hunt and fish, <clears throat> like myself, I think we've lost. A lot of the edge, a lot of the the subtle nuances that we just took for granted a couple of generations ago. That you knew, I mean, you knew how to do everything you, you, because you had to. You you knew how to set a trap line. You knew how to set up a ground blind. You knew how to catch brook trout. You know, you knew how to catch largemouth. We just everybody knew it. I think we become specialists these days. I know I have. 
Yes. Um, I don't duck hunt. Here's what I do. I turkey hunt. I want to get back into deer hunting. And I love to bear hunt and I walleye fish. And those are my specialties. If it, But I don't do a lot of the other things. And I think maybe in previous generations, we were more generalist. We didn't, we didn't have all this information that we do now. The internet and all these... Uh, magazines and articles teaching us how to be better 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 yeah. um instant results in, well sure yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, if we you know i don't know if, if i took uh, uh a couple of youngsters out that had not hunted before but yeah i said hey yeah uh, gary i'll give it a try and i've thought of this before if i take them out and they don't shoot a duck will they ever duck hunt again back in my day yeah that would be a little disappointed but i guarantee it come back come back is next time you want to get that duck right absolutely it's just the lure of next time it's going to happen versus this time it didn't happen yeah you know it's so oh, i i agree i mean that's and that's what the instant technology i think is I is given us in a positive thing but i think we're seeing what it, it's uh you know how it's i say it's how we've dealt with it negatively as a society because it's not the technology's fault it's the way we're handling it, i think sure so. i take my two youngest grandsons out while i fishing last summer and i knew it was going to be tough because they're they're at the age where their attention span is not long to begin with right we could not hook a walleye we couldn't hook it i wanted I was praying for a sheephead or anything yeah. get these kids something yeah and it, it was one of those rare well not maybe not rare but one of those days when you just can't hook a fish yeah and unfortunately they were along with me that day you know, I know that if we would have been had a day where the fish were just coming in the boat left and right, they would have looked at the whole situation differently. Yeah. But as you say, because of generationally these days, the instant gratification, um, I'm going to have a hard time getting them back out there again. I'll get them back out, yeah. but it's yeah. not going to be as easy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, should I even bring up like the do-overs? Not us personally, but as a as a hunting society, what do you see maybe that um, that we did that we shouldn't have did? Or something that we did that we we didn't put our best foot forward as a hunting community. In other words, a do-over. Is there something there? <laughs> you should have your own radio show. <laughs> you ask very good questions. Well, hey, you know, I, you know, I've seen this, and maybe it's been spurred from the uh, radio show that I'm listening to as well. So, yeah. Well, if we, if we knew then what we know now, what would we have done differently? Exactly. Well... That's been said a hundred times. I still have a hard time saying exactly <laughs> the way you said it. So. Um, well, in recent history, obviously the dove hunt, once again, I think that, I, I don't think we can under, I don't think we can overstate how important that was. We had a dove hunt here in Michigan and we let it go because hunters who didn't hunt doves said, well, we will give the anti-hunters this and they'll leave us alone, which we have since learned is yeah. just not the way they operate. Right. You know, and, and we're going to see the same thing with dog hunters. You and know, we knew better. We were really we, deep we, down. All of us knew better. And and a lot of people don't like hunting with dogs, whether it's coyotes or bear or whatever. Yeah. We got to stand behind those guys. Yeah. We have yeah. to. Yeah. So what should we do over? Well, even if it's a, a a small thing that has big implications, I as much as I love technology and the gadgets, I think it's. I think it's screwing us up. We've become so involved in this little online world in front of us that we forget to look around and see this whole world. Yes. And and I'm guilty of it. So I know my, my grandkids are, I mean, yeah. they forget what's out here. They look at this right here. 
And I think that's affecting a lot more than hunting and fishing, but it's certainly affecting us as hunting and fishing too. I think, I think we've just gotten too far out of touch with mother nature and the real world. In the digital world, it's a yes, a no, it's a now, it's a then, it's a boom, 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 instant results, as you say. But in the real world, things take time. It takes time to grow plants. It takes time to shoot a, a, a bear. It takes time to catch a fish. And we've just gotten away from patience. Yes. Um, wanting to understand how things work again in a natural world as opposed to an electronic world. And I think we just, uh, to do over again, I think um, I'd just like to see hunters and anglers stick together. Yes. I remember um, waiting for the moments that my dad would come home from work and we planned it out way ahead of time. We'd go uh, bluegill fishing on a local lake, small lake, and uh, it was privately owned, but he, his, his connection, he had permission. And we'd go there half a dozen times a year, but it was a treat. And um, we caught bluegill every time. I don't remember, because I was quite young, how many, but I do remember, not so much the bluegill, but the conversation. Oh, I'd get in an argument with my brother. My dad had to you know, solve the battle inside the boat. But uh, we had a lot of conversations in the boat we solved life's problems then and as we would you know go out on Saginaw Bay or maybe trek up to uh, Ontario one of their beautiful lakes and it wasn't about catching the uh, you know on a slow day we still solved the world's problems we had a lot of conversation a lot of chat and we don't have that today because you know our cell phone oh another phone call another yep. text yep. you know yep. we're moving on whoop gotta go I think that sometimes happens. So. I'm, I, I'm actually very glad you brought that up because my dad, who was a cop for 35 years, was not the kind of guy you had a lot of conversations with usually. But when we would go out on Lake Michigan, salmon fishing, and that's, that's what we did years ago. That's, that's what we did all the time. We were salmon fishing on Lake Michigan. I had more in-depth conversations with him in the hours on that boat probably than I've had in the rest of my life combined with him. It was a wonderful experience, and now that he's um, can't do that anymore, yeah. I really, really cherish those times. Yeah, you're right. I don't care if you're in a duck blind or if you're out in a boat fishing or something. The the conversations, the relationships, the intimacy you have can't do that in a golf course. Can't no. do that in a softball field. No. Well, I look at people. I'm not a golfer, uh, but I remember my my kids playing little league, and technology wasn't then what it is today. But even then. I went out there a couple of times, and you know you see people still on the boat. They're they got their face glued to a, a smartphone, and um, you know they're so distracted. I say they, we as a we, society. me, me. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in the positive light, I mean, uh, yeah, we have those challenges, and I agree with you. That's probably uh, our biggest challenge, and it's such a general challenge, but it can be very specific. But we, you know, I think we all agree. At least my my feeling is. We are in probably the best state in the in all of the fifty. Michigan has I can't think of another state that offers everything that we have. Um, the diversity of terrain, the diversity of things to do, not just hunting, but uh, the outdoors. I mean, it, and it's there and it's accessible. And you know, I had a guy up bear hunting. You know, this is the second time. And just for the record, he didn't shoot a bear either. <laughs> had to bring that back up, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we did. But uh, his name is Grant, and Grant wouldn't mind me plugging him because he's such a good guy. But he's from Macedonia. And it's a long story how he ended here. But the guy 
just loves the United States of America. And he loves where he lives in Michigan. And he loves to hunt and fish. He loves to hike. He loves to do all those things. And he said, you guys here, and it means him too, have no clue what how good we have it, where we have it, mm. and to not let go of it and not to take it granted for two seconds. Because he's been on the other side where he loves his home country, but it doesn't have what we have here. Mm. He talks about big game hunting, and they, yeah, there's a couple of species. One of them is uh, uh, hogs, hog hunting. Um, we look at that almost as a, eh, I shouldn't say a, a less than uh, desirable species. Sure, it's like carp fishing, you know. Yeah. In Europe, it's revered, revered and here yeah. we think of them as a trash fish. Right, right. And so it's funny how, you know, until maybe we lose something, we don't, uh, we won't miss it. And then we wonder, how did we lose it? Kind of like the dove hunting comment, and that's covers such a broad spectrum. It isn't just about dove hunting. It's about so much more. Back when I had the television show, I was blessed to go so many places. I mean, I've hunted Africa a couple of times. I've been to Alaska a couple of times. Mexico, all across Canada. Uh, Alaska, if I didn't mean I didn't Alaska. And those places are breathtakingly beautiful. I mean, the first time you're sitting in a water hole and you see a giraffe walk by, it changes, it, it changes your perspective on everything. Or, or if you're out uh, halibut fishing out of uh, Kodiak Island in Alaska, it's absolutely, the scenery is spectacular. Every trip I go on, I can't wait to get back home to Michigan. You know, other states may have things we don't, like full-blown mountains or warm, clear, clear salt water or zebras or giraffes or whatever. But like you say, when you look at what we have compared to these other places, we have everything here. Yes. Everything. Um, I was fortunate to be born here. I had no choice in it, right. but I'm sure glad I was because it's been wonderful for my career. If I was born in many other states, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Right. You're right. I think, and I'm an unabashed fanboy for Michigan. Yes. I think this is the best state in the country. I agree, 100%. You know, you, there's so much here. I mean, we're, you have the Upper Peninsula, Lower Peninsula, there are two different land masses. We know that. Boy, are they <laughs> Two different great. cultures, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and admire both. <laughs> FYI. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking at a couple of notes. I, you know, we're, we're going to expand on this a little bit. You talked about. Uh, that that such value, such precious time that you had with your dad out fishing in the conversations. And then to the next generation, probably your children, and then, of course, your grandchildren. And we know how that changes, and my wife and I are looking forward. If we're blessed with grandchildren, we're ready for that, too. So, But uh, uh, not to say it has to do with family, but are there any bucket list items, wow. you know, and, and that you see that probably is on a lot of sportsmen's list as well. Uh, I don't know, that's kind of a broad topic. Yeah. I don't know that you want to share maybe specific no. things, but... And again, I've been, for me personally, I've been blessed to be able to do a lot of cool things. One of the things on my bucket list was a Michigan UP bear hunt. <laughs> I can check that one partway off partway now. Partway off, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd like, to, I've been on elk hunts out west. I'd like to shoot an elk. Yeah. I'd like to shoot an elk, I'd like to shoot a moose. I'd like to shoot a caribou. Uh, and if I don't get to, I'm okay with that because I've got a, I've had a chance to do more than most people ever will. Yes. If my outdoor activity stopped right now, I could still look back with a smile and say, man, it's been good. Yes. But I got hopefully a few more years, Absolutely. a lot of more years ahead of me yet. And uh, I'd like to do those three things. I'm gonna keep on bear hunting, I'm gonna keep on walleye fishing, and keep on turkey hunting. Um, and keep trying to promote this outdoor lifestyle every chance I get.
perfect. I mean, that's a uh, and that's a that's a great thing, and we appreciate that as uh, listeners and, um, to have that program and to have a person that's passionate and enjoys producing that for us. And actually, too, is a lot of people feel it's their program, and I think you've said that it is their program. You're the producer. Um, you're sitting behind the uh, steering wheel, but uh, hey, on on the weekends or even on podcasts or no, on Wednesdays and even with that sturgeon podcast, that was amazing. Wasn't that fun? We all went sturgeon fishing. <laughs> that was so we much did. fun. We went sturgeon yeah. fishing, and a lot of us will never sturgeon fish. That opportunity won't come. But we saw it firsthand. So see, see why firsthand. I was asking you if you had a blind with yes, Wi-Fi connection. Yes, I do. We had one, but boy, it'd have been tough. Yeah, it'd have been tough. I'd have had to put a black shirt on Ross or something, tell him to wander around. Please, Mike, don't, don't shoot, shoot him. Don't shoot him. He's only a couple hundred pounds. Um, so what? Hey, what, we went to the bucket list uh, question. Now we're, what can we expect from Mike Avery? Uh, yeah, in the near future, but. Do you have any plans on uh, retiring? Do you have any plans on expanding what you're doing? What are your What do we expect from the Mike Avery uh, production? People ask me oftentimes if you're going to take the show beyond Michigan. Um, the answer to that is no. We appreciate that. Uh, because I, I, my frame of reference is not outside of Michigan. I mean, I'll go to Ontario, bear hunt. I might back to go, go back to Ohio, deer hunting. But the scope of the show will always pretty much be Michigan um, and the good thing with technology again with the podcast now anybody outside of Michigan can listen to the show and we get a pretty good audience outside of our state who are interested in what's going on here so as far as the scope of the show as far as I know right now unless somebody has other plans for me that I don't know about yet we'll be here in Michigan um, As far as retirement, when people retire, when people like us retire, we, we retire so we can hunt and fish. <laughs> yeah, well, I can hunt and fish right now right as part on. of my job. Yeah, it's not a physically strenuous job. I can do this till I'm an old, old man. Yes, um, well, you can make it your own. I mean, you can adjust uh, your your uh, involvement. Yeah, the length or the process or whatever yeah. it might be. So. I mean, it, as long as God wants to uh, give me a voice and allow me the opportunity. I, I'm not going to stop. I think you got a lot of happy people that uh, that appreciate that. So I really, I, I uh, sincerely say that I really do. No, that's I mean, nice. I know that uh, not just the seventy plus thousand Facebook uh, likes that you get, but uh, um, you know when you see somebody from uh, another state, uh, another part of the country, on your on your podcast on Wednesdays that uh, says hello, Mike. They're listening, and that's just one of several hundred just for those 15 minutes in the morning on Wednesdays or whatever it might be. I mean, that's pretty cool. It gives them yeah. a, it opens the uh, window of what's going on here in Michigan because I almost suspect that a guy or gal is uh, catching your podcast or your radio show because obviously, you know, the radio streams now uh, from another part of the country. They're from Michigan, and they miss it dearly, and they just want to just plug in a little bit yeah. of what they can yeah. hear what's going on. Or they on. vacation here. or Yes. Yeah, we get hear from, uh, well, back when the, where there were more troops overseas, we heard from the desert a lot. Oh, Guys yeah. saying, oh, thank you for bringing yeah. me a piece of Michigan. Absolutely. You know, I, I got to tell you, though, I know you got a couple more questions, but you've been saying very nice things about me, and I do certainly appreciate that. 
But I got to tell you something. I think what you're doing is wonderful. East Lake Outfitters is a first class operation. Uh, I've had a chance to hunt deer with you. I've had a chance to hunt bear with you. Very pleased on both trips. Thank you. Appreciate it. Your uh, your other ventures you're expanding into now out west, I think, is very exciting. And what you're doing here with with also you know trying to promote and document this outdoor lifestyle, what you're doing with the Wild Game Dynasty and all these other things. Kudos to you, man. You're doing a great I job. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Hey, it's easy to do something when you enjoy it. Exactly. Enjoy yes, this, so. yes. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for the, uh, and it's not, a, and I'm not saying it's a plug. It's not. I mean, you're, you're sincere in that, and um, yeah, I sense that strongly. And, hey, I hope to be doing this, too, uh, when I get old and retired, because that's what we do it now. It's right? going to be hard lugging bear baits at 75, oh, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll have to get Ross's grandkids or something. <laughs> uh, any big adventures on the... Uh, Big changes, or I shouldn't say changes, but big projects that your uh, your company's seeing or that uh, your involvement in. Uh, if it's something you can't disclose, but if it's something you see or not, um, I say big. Sometimes uh, you know, we we see a change and say, "Wow!" And you know, maybe uh, from your perspective, it wasn't that big of a uh, situation. Right now, even though it's the middle of the fall hunting season. Um, I find myself from a business perspective, I'm looking, you know, into, into next year at this point. So I'm spending a lot of my time cementing business relationships, making sure we're good to go for the future. I'm looking for new Michigan-based companies to work with. Um, my goal is to continue to work with as many Michigan-based, preferably family-owned operations as I can. Um, obviously, I can't do that completely. A hunter safety system is in Alabama, but they started out as a Michigan company. That's how I got to know those guys. Uh, an operation like mine, the size of mine, I just have far more positive results dealing with Michigan-based, family-owned operations where I can go in and sit down with the people who make the decisions and uh, maybe a handshake and walk out the door rather Absolutely. than dealing with some of these conglomerates, these big, you know, so-and-so bought so-and-so or Bass Pro buys Cabela's. Well, oh, I, I don't want to deal. I don't want to deal with a company that size and they don't want to deal with me. Right. That's why I deal with a company like, where are they? Jay's right yeah, here. Absolutely. Whatever side they're on. You had it right the first okay. time. Yeah. If we were on the podcast, it'd be backwards. <laughs> that drives me crazy. Yeah. Well, hey, let's, let's kind of sum this up because, I mean, we have in the last you know few minutes here, but I say your wish or um, to everyone in the outdoors, I mean, not to say, hey, go out and have a great time in the outdoors, as some people would say at the end of the program, but uh, I mean, what is your what is your wish to them? I mean, as, as we kind of wrap things up here, but wrap things up uh, in general um, for the for the average hunter, for the average person that enjoys the outdoors, for the for the guy that sees his wife going out bow hunting, see how I put that one, or the gal that sees his her husband out going out bow hunting or going out uh, sturgeon fishing what's your wish for uh, for us michiganders being you're a part of this obviously. my wish is that number one we would all have enough time to do the things that we want um work gets in the way family obligations get in the way i mean we have to I, family comes first you and i've talked about this before family always comes first um, so that's a, that's a legitimate excuse not to go out hunting or fishing. Work gets in the way, it's a legitimate excuse. But we, it seems like we're, we're torn so many different directions. I look at my son and his kids, my grandkids, and I look at all the different directions they're going with sports and stuff, and, and maybe when I was that age, I was too, but I don't think so. So my wish is, number one, that we would all take a second to prioritize what it is that's important to us, whether it's family, church, work, outdoors, whatever it is, 
and keep that in mind because that's not an easy thing for me to do. Sometimes I get a little scattered and I lose focus and I also hope that we would continue to enjoy this outdoor lifestyle and realize that it's not about a kill, it's not about a big buck. We all want a big buck. But if you go shoot a year and a half old six point and you're happy with that and you put venison on the table, that's a wonderful experience. And my, my wish and my hope is that we stay together, that we don't continue to fragment as we are right now and get at each other's throats because there are people on the outside waiting to take away this way of life that we love so much. And, and we can do a lot to either prevent it or help facilitate that. And I hope we prevent it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Hey, hands are cold. It's cold out here today. It is cold. It feels good. Yeah, absolutely.